Yoga for Mental Health Asana Part 1 Shades of Illness An Explorer A wanderer is the soul on these shores In a land with directions none, no doors Fleeting shapes on fine sand we explore, further we look, vaster the seas endure. A nomad is the soul under twilight skies, absorbed in hues are the heart and eyes. Into colors of the far horizon we delve, longer we look, closer the valleys shelve. A traveller is the soul of this vast creation, a shadow, a light with tones of reflection. A frequency imbues the stars and trees, deeper we look, finer our bodies at ease. A yogi, a painter, both plays my soul learning every day the art of the whole. An explorer I remain to know and flow, all else a belief, broken to bits as we go. Dear friends, Mental health has seen lots of research being done from the point of view of physiology, neurobiology, and pharmacology. Mental health is also a subject that needs urgent attention at the global level. To be able to do justice to an exploration of how yoga can heal mental problems that plague our modern society, we needed to first refer to the scientific inquiry that has already gone into it. We have tried to keep it light. We would like to take you on a journey with your eyes closed to experience what you hear and want exposed. To know what it feels like to be in asana, the words, their meaning, when you read them straining to understand every word. It is like holding a squat position in training. It's an experience of fire as your muscles burn and tire. Of water as you sweat going down to the wire. And earth as you feel the solidity of your muscles loud, crystal and clear. Exploring the contours of illness can be demanding, exhausting. Like how actors can sometimes find it difficult to come out of a role and so they have a routine, some cues that can snap them out of a different reality. Let's also keep a little beauty, a little art around us as we immerse ourselves in a world where pain seems to be the presiding deity.
So when you hear the words, do hear the sound. Let the meanings float around. Don't grab at them. Don't knit your brow and try to understand the words here and now. Let them deconstruct into gobbles. Let the front part of your brain, your executive command center, play some marbles. Your hard-working CEO, let it relax a bit. Give any agenda a much-needed exit. Be aware of the sounds as they enter your ears, just as sounds. They will buzz and they will look around, themselves tell you where they come from. Notice their form and vibration. Let them blossom in your attention. Wildflowers should never be plucked. Trying to understand them will have them unstuck. Watch and they will enter you of their own accord, in their own peculiar way. Like bees, they will hold sway. Suck some honey, make the flowers merry, and you will then notice the flowers they are sucking on in a garden inside you. Drink a little of the nectar they leave you. Sounds give you the feeling of space. See how adding an S changes the meaning of pace. Let's not say we don't have time. Noticing them is making time. How do you leap from the heavy earth? Well, the flames in your muscles reduce your girth. The air of your breath will let you touch them too. The softest of your core is the sound of silence that the rough diaphragms of our thoughts can never countenance. Air and space move you towards the presence of the unseen face before and beyond everything, even your own name, form and identity where you are always at ease merged in the unfathomable infinity. Even as you hold the fire and moving in the squat position, you can now taste a sweetness in the static tension where there is the pain of staying in the posture and there is also the sweetness of stillness, the bee's nectar. Hold Stay, be. At the end of this session, if you have no recollection of any concepts, yet you know what there was to know, we would consider the posture has reached beyond mindsets because we are talking about mental illness and how working with the body Asana can help to not drown, 
but emerge as a witness. Body says, just heal. That's the only way to treat an illness. The body, so vulnerable to disease, injury, habit, so thick, dense, unlike the mind, which is subtle, quick, fleet-footed, insightful, and yet tragically capable of holding infinitely more pain than the body that is rooted. The mind can show you worlds that don't even exist. It can create, innovate, recall your favorite melody if you insist, take you back in memory to the most defining moment of your life. It can show you a future that puts a smile on in the face of strife and a string in your step. Ah, the body can never come close to doing all of this. Yet, the body can have you experience one thing the mind cannot. If you can just involve with it in a quiet dalliance, like when you strain to hear the distant rumble of the thunder here, waiting to soak in the first monsoon showers in a season of reason, when the rains just won't come, when you can hear with that kind of poise with the body, it can free you from the stranglehold of all mental conflict. You can be free. Your own essence you can behold. Yes, the body is such a treasure. And the eyes, ears, tongue, nose and touch mean more than just pleasure. They are not just gates of pain. In them there is boundless healing to gain. So my friend, relax all effort, all needless strain. Just be one with the sound of that ethereal rain. Be alert, float on a placid sea. Be awake, but let it be. In this blog, to enter the subject of mental illness, let's first understand one of its many forms, depression. Then, let's understand one of the most powerful antidepressants called exercise. Once we've done that, we will be in a position to see what is different about the approach of asana and how it applies to mental illness. Like obesity, depression is now being spoken of as a pandemic. It is estimated that over 800 million people worldwide are on various kinds of medications and therapies for mental illness. The core idea of yoga is contained in the sutra which says, Yoga 
is the cessation of the modifications of the mind, and by this, the seer is established in his essential or natural state. In simple words, it means yoga helps us become free of disturbances and abide in our natural state. It is actually more of letting go and unlearning. This definition of yoga is clearly not only for the mentally ill. It is meant for even the most cheerful, successful, fit and healthy person. Yoga seems to see all these states in a continuum where at one end are the functional people whom we would say are normal and at the other end are the people who are dysfunctional in society whom we would call abnormal. Modern treatments and therapies of the mind focus on people who are either ill or come with early symptoms like stress and anxiety. They conduct neuropsychobiological research into mental illness. Here, the researcher is aiming for an understanding of an aspect or a fragment of a behavior or mental pattern in terms of brain chemistry. On the other hand, the yogi aims at researching his own mind and body with a clear goal of going beyond pain and mental suffering, preferring to first reach that goal and then help others to embark on the same research. The ancients were not willing to separate a healthy from an unhealthy state of mind because as we can see in the Yoga Sutra, they were more interested in addressing the very possibility of pain. They asked the question, why do we have any pain at all? What can we do to eliminate it? Can we say for sure when a person is mentally well, when he is disturbed and when he is mentally ill? When you ponder about someone's rage, sadness, withdrawal, we often identify with the person. We watch films, we see dreams, we have outbursts when we express dark emotions. Are they not ill enough? On the other hand, the yogi sees any sign of illness as a portal to wellness. In severe cases of depression, all studies say one tends to question one's worth to the point of saying, should I even exist? One doesn't reach this state overnight. For a long time, much milder symptoms, much milder forms of depression would have existed. It's just that one didn't notice it. When we say illness becomes a portal to wellness, it's about noticing the smallest signs of unrest, of recognizing, for example, the continuity of speed to restlessness, to impatience, 
to snapping, to anger, to rage, to breakdown. To be able to see this so clearly that one feels that one should right away slow down. This is how you seem to get the motivation to get well. By noticing the small things and making your own connections. Because these connections in the brain could be the difference between a mild and a severe case of depression. Many questions arise when it comes to grasping what is mental imbalance and this gets sharply exposed when art meets mood. Let me share a little as a painter. For the last three to four years, living a painter's life, we have shared every day with you all in detail. Our attempts, frustrations, mind space. We have discussed light and dark, seen different shades of a mood. Not having to think about what the next day will bring, it makes you wide-eyed, like a baby. Because when there is nothing inside you are anticipating, tomorrow what will happen? You get close to objects. Anything you see or hear can owe you. You become small, even in comparison to a single hair of the paintbrush. And when you are so small, you get angry to all kinds of mental spaces. Sounds crazy? Well, what if it is? Designing experiments, method of empirical study, proof and validation, they force you to cut out all nonsense. Formal research has been amazing, but one question has always haunted us. Why do researchers seem more interested instead studying mental disease than mental ease. We are reminded of the last years of Paul Cezanne in the last decade of his life. An old man staying alone in a village with the people calling him mad. He had no acceptance in the art world while he was still alive. No romance, no family. He painted every day. Stopping only to look at nature and go for long walks. Looking at his beloved hill. Pondering over his works. They only seem to grow more profound. The hand skill undiminished. I sing more and more with the passing of the years. He expressed such awe for what he could see. He felt such joy in his work. A man who could experience such profound states and could express a little of it through his art. It occurs to us, how do you research wellness when even people who knew him didn't think this was a man who was well? more well than most people. He might have been called bipolar today and he too might have said the world has gone insane 
as a painter, we have often pondered what must have been his state as an artist. <laughs>